David said in Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord before me. I have set the Lord before me. I'm going to ask you to say that with me. Would you do that? Ready? I have set the Lord always before me. I messed you up there. I left the word out and then I decided to throw it in. I have set the Lord always before me. So this time, say it with me. Only say it the way the Bible says it. All right, ready? I have set the Lord always before me. Say that again. Ready? I have set the Lord always before me. What David is saying is, my eyes are always on God. My eyes are always on God. Let's say that together. Ready? My eyes are always on God. Say it again. Ready? My eyes are always on God. Say, why do I have to repeat it? Sometimes we don't actually hear things until we hear ourselves say it. You know what I mean? I have set the Lord always before me, and my eyes are always on God. I want you to notice, first of all, that he said, I have set the Lord before me. God won't be the focus of your attention by accident. He'll only be the focus of your attention if you make him the focus of your attention. You're not going to live your life all the time uh, with these random discoveries. Oh, look, there's God. Oh, look, there's God again. No. You'll only see God throughout your day if you choose to make him the focus of your attention. David said, I have set the Lord before me. So David's awareness of God was an on-purpose thing. I want you to notice that he says, I have set the Lord before me. Nobody could do it for him. David had a godly father. His name was Jesse. And a parent can set the Lord before their children, but the truth is, you're never going to see God all the time in your life until you choose to set the Lord before you. So not only is it an on-purpose thing, but it was a personal thing. If God's going to be where you can see him all the time, you're going to have to choose to make it happen. I want you to notice this, that he says, I have set the Lord always before me. So, David's awareness of God was on purpose. His awareness of God was personal. And thirdly, it was an all the time thing. Now, let's just stop and measure up your awareness of God to that. We're not, we're not uh, even close to being finished with the message yet, but David had an on purpose awareness of God. He had a personal awareness of God. And he had an all-the-time awareness of God. How how do you and I measure up to that? Do I, on purpose, put the Lord before me? By the way, I'm not talking about, you know, putting some statue on your dashboard for good luck. That's not what it means to set the Lord always before you. 
I'm not talking about to hang a string of beads or a cross from, from your rear view mirror. That's not what it means to set the Lord before you or to, you know, to put some picture that some artist painted of Jesus on the wall and say, okay, there, I have set the Lord. No, no, that doesn't, that doesn't have anything to do with that. We're talking about the focus of your attention. What are you thinking about throughout the day? What are you focused on? What are you captivated by? See, you have to, you'll decide that. You will decide that. So how do we measure up to King David, the man after God's own heart? David said, I have set the Lord before me. It was on purpose that the Lord was the center of his attention. He said, I have set the Lord before me. It was personal that David was captivated by the Lord. And then he said, always. It was all the time. Now look, David wasn't perfect. I'm sure there were moments of David's day where he was not focused on the Lord as he should have been. But God does allow him to say in his word, in fact, God inspired it. So God's putting his, yeah, God's validating this statement and saying, uh, this, is, this is about as true uh, as it can be of a person that David has set me always before him. How do we measure up? Do we set the Lord always before us? Look, everybody gives their attention to something. More and more as you just go out in public, you know, people have their... It was earbuds. People would have, you know, strings hanging down from them. Now they now these, these the earbuds are Bluetooth, so they just got these little little things shooting down. And but now we're going back to I thought we left this, you know. Uh, Brother Rob, hold up your hold up your headphones back there. Your headphones. There you go. Uh, we got these again. You know, I thought those are like back in the seventies. Uh, we got them back. Only the wires gone. You know, so with people walking around and. Yeah, I got my got my headsets on talking to talking to NASA. You know, Houston, we have a problem. And why do, why do people? Why and it's not not sinful. I'm not saying it's it is. I'm just saying why do people choose to walk around with their with their Bluetooth headset? Because they're setting something before them. I don't know what they're listening to. Probably podcasts of this message is what the general public is right. No, I don't think so. No, they're probably to listening to, uh, to uh, you ready for this? Cardi B. Yeah, Tanya Tucker. <laughs> I was going a different direction. Cardi B. <laughs> how do you know that? I have no idea how I know that name. But um, you, you know what happens? I'll tell you what happens right here. I, I go to iTunes to buy some... 60-year-old hillbilly song. You know, I'm looking up and but they don't that's not what they're selling. You go to iTunes and they're selling they're selling uh, Bruno Mars <laughs> and then uh, uh who else do they sell? Oh, hey, uh, what's the name of that girl that grew up in Cat's neighborhood? Oh, I just saw her name yesterday. I was going to do what? Nicki Minaj. Yeah, I said, "Pastor, how do you know these names?" That's all I know is the name. But anyway, so that's probably what they're tuning into right there with their headphones around their neck. Some people are tuned into the texting. 
You know, I mean, literally, that you cannot pry it out of their hands. They're, I'm a one thumb texter. Yeah, but man, you ever see somebody go at it? They know what they, hey, and they, man, some people are geared into the, the texting and don't try to have a conversation with them because I got a text coming in and I got to answer it because, man, I'm more important than the president and people need my answer immediately. Some people are tuned into the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter. Some people are tuned into nothing. You say, well, that's good. No, I'm talking about they're literally nothing is what they're about. Don't bother me. And so what they have as a result is, is Twinkie brains because they're just nothing is the something that they're tuned into. But I'm saying everybody, including you, gives their attention to something. Now, it may be more than one thing. But you have things you're paying attention to in the morning. Maybe the same thing or something different that you're paying attention to in, in, the, in the noon time. In the evening, maybe the same thing or something else. And there's people that play games. There's adult people that play video games five, six, seven hours a day. I'd say they're tuned in. I mean, man, if you spend as much time earning minimum wage <laughs> and a job for as much time as you, as you log into your video game, you, you could buy maybe a car in a few months. Uh, we pay attention to something. Listen. The person who gives as much of their attention as possible to Jesus does so on purpose, does so for themselves. I can't force you to pay attention to God. You can't force me to pay attention to God. It's the choice you've got to make. David said, I have set the Lord always before me. As much as is humanly possible, possible, he is the constant focus of my attention. I have set the Lord always before me. I want you to look at Psalm 16 if you're still there. Let me show you what that person has, the person who sets the Lord always before him. Let me show you what that person has as a result of making God his focus. Number one, he has stability. Look at verse 8, I shall not be moved. Stable, physically stable, spiritually stable, mentally stable, emotionally stable, stable relationships, stable future. I shall not be moved. He has stability. Then it says, therefore, verse 9, my heart is glad. Not only does he have stability, but he has peace. Look at verse number 9 also. It says, my flesh also shall rest in hope. Thirdly, he has hope. The person who sets the Lord before him has stability, peace, hope. Man, all over television, they're trying to sell us all these things. They're trying to sell you a pill that'll give you stability. And of course, you know, there have been reports of all the terrible things that will happen if you take this pill, possibly. But overall, this is a good pill. You need to ask your doctor about it. 
They're selling us stability. They're selling us peace. There's, you know, Alex Trebek, and he, he wants to take care of your family for forever. And I don't mean on Jeopardy. I'm talking about on the commercials. He's, you know, call this number and everything will be great. You'll have hope and peace. These are the things that they're selling us on. But God says the man who makes God his focus, he'll have these things. If you put the Lord always before you, you'll have stability, you'll have peace, you'll have hope. Look at verse number 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Listen, that is a, a very, very significant prophetical verse. That is a prophecy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, it also has an application to the life of David who penned that verse. I'm not sure that David knew he was penning a prophetical statement when he wrote Psalm 16.10. But what he was saying is, I know that I have the Lord's protection. Listen, you're going to be in some unsettled places, some dangerous places, some scary places in your life. You're going to need to know that you are protected. And David said, the man who sets the Lord always before him has God's protection. Not only that, verse 11, that will show me the path of life. He had direction. He knew where he was supposed to go. He knew how to follow the Lord's leadership. He knew that the Lord was leading him. Stability, peace, hope, protection, direction. Look also in verse 11. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Now wait a minute. If you have the Lord always before you, you're in his presence. So joy. Joy. How many of you had anything at all go wrong this past week? Raise your hand. Oh, God love the rest of you. I want to know what your recipe is. How many of you think you might have something go wrong this coming week? All right. All right, now let's go the opposite direction. How many of you think that in all the weeks that are left, I think this is week 15 of 2018, so that means we have about uh, 37 weeks left. How many of you think in the 37 remaining weeks of 2018, how many of you anticipate that you will have an entire week where absolutely nothing goes wrong? Raise your hand. Brother Freddie thinks he might have one. All right, some of you do. You're, you're the optimist. God bless you. And, and Besides Brother Freddie, everybody else is under 20 that just raised your hand. So and God bless you. But the fact is, just about every hand went up for you had something go wrong this past week. You're going to have something. Go, you're pretty sure you're going to have something go wrong this coming week. But you know no matter what goes wrong, no matter what the bad news is. I mean, Fred and Mary didn't know when they went to bed last night that she was going to have to go to the emergency room at 4.30 this morning. Things go wrong. Things happen. But you can still have joy. You can still have hope. You can still have peace. You can still have stability. You do not have to freak out every time something goes wrong. Now look, God gives us some, all some leeway to, to, to uh, I don't even know if this is a good word, spaz out a little bit when things go wrong. He's patient with us. He's long-suffering. But you don't have to live there. 
You can trust him. You can can have peace and hope and joy all the time. Look at the very last statement of verse 11. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And if I had to put this in one word, I would make that word fulfillment. So let's summarize these things that the person has who has sets the Lord always before them. Stability, peace, hope, protection, direction, joy, fulfillment. Let me make this observation. That list describes everything that everybody wants out of life. You take all the things that people go to psychiatrists for, all the things that people get counseling for, all the things that people say, I'm going to go out of my mind, I can't take it. Those seven things are just about summarize what they're looking for that they can't seem to find. And who does it belong to? The person who sets the Lord always before them. That's a pretty good promise right there. That's a pretty helpful formula. By the way, it's not out of drudgery or duty that we set the Lord before us. It's out of love and affection. Now, I'm reminded every time my wife goes away for a day or two, and I was reminded again. I knew before she left. I knew. I, I took her to the airport Tuesday uh, morning and picked her up last night about 1130 at LaGuardia. And I just knew from Tuesday to Saturday night that, that uh, basically I was going to be the, the loneliest man on the planet. And uh, I'm not kidding you. Man. The dog and I, we look at each other like, I like you, man, but you're just not cutting it. You know, you're not enough. I, we got to have we got to have Amy back. And uh, you sh- I, I, I took the dog to the airport last night, and he, he laid down and moped the whole way down. until and so We pulled up outside of Terminal B, and there's Amy outside of the window, and he, whew, he came to life, man. There she is. Life is okay again. And, uh, but let, let me say, what I love, I mean, my, 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 my relationship with my wife could could not be any more enjoyable. Now, I'm sure I could do more to make it better for her, but, but my love for my I mean, our time together, our life together could not be any more enjoyable and wonderful for me. So when I think about keeping the, the thought of my wife before me, I don't think about what a chore that is. Well, I gotta get a picture of my wife and put it here on my desk so I'll think about her while I'm here in the office. I, I you know, gotta make sure, otherwise, you know. No, it's not a chore. It's like, and I'm not trying to just, you know, score points right here, but, but I, I can't get enough of her in my mind, in my heart. Now, listen, that's just a small reflection of what our relationship with God is supposed to be. I set him always before me because I can't get enough of the Lord. Do you know why so many, um, let me back it up and reword that. Do you know why there are so many dissatisfied Christians? They're out there. Hopefully there's not many in here. But they're out. People that, you know, they're on Facebook and they're on television and they're, you know, I'm just, I'm a Christian, but it's not everything that it's cracked up to be. Do you know why they're out there? Because there are so few Christians who can honestly say, I have set the Lord always before me. You set the Lord always before, before you. 
Man, everything will change in your relationship with the Lord. Very quickly, five things, but I'm just going to read them. Let me give you some thoughts on how to set the Lord always before you. Number one, tell him you love him first thing every morning. Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. I love you too. Number two, talk to God about everything, even the things that are bugging you. Brother Ken, would you flip on the fan real quickly? Somebody want to say amen right there? Yeah, all right. Talk to him about everything. Now, don't, don't just be complaining to God all the time. I don't mean that, but tell the Lord how awesome he is. Tell him, thank him for all of his goodness and the blessings and so forth. But then when you, th- you know, somebody at work, you're up for a promotion and the boss, the, the foreman's son-in-law is a total doofus, but he gets the promotion. Well, that's not fair. Well, it's okay to tell the Lord you don't think that's fair. Now, don't accuse God of messing up. Well, Lord, you know, I was counting. I was hoping for that. I had a good shot at that, and I got a good record, and I was, I was hoping for that, just a few more bucks in the paycheck every week. I don't think that's fair. But here, when I, when I tell the Lord I don't think something's fair, I always add that to, show me what you do have for me, because God has something even better for you. Lord, show me what you do have for me. Tell him you love him first thing every morning. Talk to him about everything. Thirdly, sing to him. Sing to the Lord. It will change your life if you will sing to the Lord. Number four, fill your mind and your heart with his word. Now, this takes some work. But, you know, you don't have to memorize three verses every day. Try memorizing one phrase every week. One phrase. How about this week you memorize this phrase? I will set the Lord always before me. I'd like to, I've heard you, Pastor, talk about memorizing a chapter. I should memorize the whole chapter, Psalm 16. One of the reasons we fail at things like that, at new things especially, is because we, we bite off too much right away. Forget about the whole chapter until you just memorize one phrase. And I'll tell you what to do. Just write down somewhere where you're going to see it, where you're maybe, maybe on, the, on the outside of the bulletin or somewhere. Write down, I will set the Lord. I have set the Lord. I have set the Lord always before me. And say, by the end of this week, I, I want to have a recall on that statement. I want to remember that statement. So every day I'm just going to meditate on it a little bit. And by Friday, you might be surprised that you have memorized that first statement of Psalm 16, verse 8. Fill your mind and your heart with this word. We have no idea how much, how much junk is stored in our minds because we hear it all the time. We see it all the time. And it's there. Our mind is so full of commercials and jingles and, uh, you know, uh, stuff, stuff you heard. And I grew up on, on television and, and radio, and I can see a product and a jingle from 40 years ago will come back, and it will stay in my mind all day. But when it comes time to memorize Scripture, oh, it's so hard to memorize Scripture. No, it's, if it's important to you. If God's important to me, then his word's going to be important to me. So fill your mind, your heart with his word. Learn everything about him that you can. There is no other subject in the universe that's inexhaustible except the subject of Almighty God. See, I like science. Study science in the light of these are God's fingerprints right here. This is God's track record. I like history. I like history. When I read history, I'm reading his story, the story of God. 
I have set the Lord always before me. I love to meet people who are in love with Jesus. Yesterday I was paired up with, uh, with uh, Brother Fred, big, big Fred um, Bambico, and we hit a street. And we came to the end of our street. We realized we had time left and we had door hangers left. This is for the Danbury Blitz. So we tried to find some places where, you know, we didn't want to go somewhere that had been assigned to somebody else. We tried to find some remote places. So we went to one remote place, and this is the, there's a, there's a four-apartment house building at the end of uh, Maple Avenue down there, like sort of across from uh, Deeps or whatever they call it now, Seatown. Um, and I, so I'm pretty sure that nobody got assigned that. So I went and I knocked. The first door we knocked on. Lady was working. She was, she was inside cleaning the house. She came out, we, I showed her, showed, showed her the fold, the, the, the flyer, and she got so excited. And she, she took the flyer, and, you know, she's hot, she's been working, she's sweating, but she sits down on the steps in front of her house, and she's reading the flyer. She said, this is so great what you're doing. She said, I go to such and such church, and she named the church. I'd never heard of it, but a church on uh, uh, Pentecostal church, I don't forget what street, and she said, you know, I'm taking Bible classes over there. She said, I'm in my second year of Bible classes. She said, when I finish three years, then she said, I'm just going to see what the Lord has to do. I mean, she just kept talking and talking and talking about the Lord. So what did you do? Oh, I told her she was going to the wrong church and she needed to get. No, I didn't. I said, praise the Lord. That is awesome. That is great. And I, I just, conf- I, you know, I asked her about when she got saved and she told us about her salvation and she said, it is so good. She must have said five times. It is so good to meet another believer on the street. And I said, well, praise the Lord. We had prayer and uh, we, we probably spent five or five minutes or more there just rejoicing with her. I love to meet people who are just in love with the Lord. I want to be a person who's in love with the Lord. I want when other people meet me, and I'm a quiet person. I'm not an outgoing person. But I still hope the joy of the Lord shines in my face enough where, where people know, all right, this, this person, this man has something I don't have. I have set the Lord always before me. Let's stand together for prayer.